It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, in the last hundred years, China has probably faced more persecution and martyrdom for the Christian faith than any other country in the world. But as the old saying goes, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And today in China, 130 million people are estimated to be followers of Christ, nearly 10% of their entire population. And it's estimated by 2030 that that could be 224 million people, which would be over two thirds of the population of the United States. You see, the communist authorities and regimes thought through pressure, through persecution, through force. And by the way, right now in China, they're probably dealing with some of the most intense persecution that they have um, since the Cultural Revolution back in the 60s. But in spite of all of this, the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forth. Believers are being added to the faith and the church and the witness and the testimony of Jesus Christ is growing and is increasing in that place. What they tried to do by force to stop Christianity actually has propelled Christianity on to greater heights. This is what is going on here in the book of Acts in chapter 8. You remember in our last chapter, in chapter 7, one of the first Christian deacons, a man named Stephen, began proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. And in chapter 7, he preached this masterful sermon on the history of Israel and their continuing um, rejection of God's work in them until finally the leaders there became so enraged that they stoned Stephen to death. And in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, we pick up at that event. And it says in verse chapter 8, verse 1, And Saul, who we later know as the Apostle Paul, was consenting to his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. But I love verse 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So Stephen's sermon and death sparks this wave of persecution in Jerusalem. And as a result of that, the everyday believers who were there, the Bible says in verse 4, went everywhere. They were scattered everywhere. But what did they do as they went forth? It says they went everywhere doing what? Preaching the word. So as the result of this persecution, what we see throughout this chapter is that the gospel message, rather than being localized and contained in Jerusalem, through pressure and through persecution, man made its way into the uh, near region, the mid regions, and then as we'll see, into the uttermost parts of the earth. Remember back in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, when Jesus was ascending back into heaven, he said this to the disciples. He said, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus told the believers at Jerusalem to go, to go and to be his witnesses, to be his witnesses locally, that would be Jerusalem, uh, to be his witness in the near and mid-range, Judea and Samaria, 
and then into a worldwide witness where he said, you can go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so in Acts 8, what God is doing here, he's actually using the persecution that's in Jerusalem to get the salt out of the salt shaker. And the gospel goes from Jerusalem to the next phase, which is Samaria, right? You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria. Now, Samaria was a pretty big step because even Judea was kind of the local region of Jerusalem, but Samaria was that next kind of mid-region. The Samaritans were not Jewish people. They were kind of a mixture. They were kind of not really liked by the Jews, somewhat despised. They had a different religion than the Jews. But you see, as the result of this persecution of Stephen, the gospel moves into Samaria. And it goes into Samaria, and it is accompanied by the signs that confirm that this message is of God. And you can read about them in this chapter. And then the next stage, the uttermost part of the world, we see the gospel going there in Acts chapter 10, and it has its accompanying signs. So you see Acts chapter 1, verse 8, kind of as the outline, not only of the book of Acts, but of the gospel. Start in Jerusalem locally, and you had all the signs at Pentecost confirming that. Move on to Samaria, and that's that mid-range, and God accompanied with signs there as it entered into that new region. And then he said, from there, you're going to go into all the world. And you see that beginning in Acts chapter 10, where a man named Cornelius, who's a European, an Italian soldier, where he gets saved. And also at that wave, once again, you see these accompanying signs and confirmation. So the gospel is moving forth here in Acts chapter 8. Um, as God intended, as Jesus commanded in Acts chapter 1 and in verse 8. So here we see that the pressure that was placed on believers in Acts 8 was not for their harm, but it was for the gospel's good. So we think of persecution and we think of difficulty and we think of harm that comes upon people. And humanly, we have a burden for those people and we see the, the bad in it and we see the difficulty that they're facing. I, I see this so much when I deal with um, believers in Cuba and as we mentioned in China. But the reality is in both of those places where pressure was put on Christians and on their faith in ways that we don't experience here in the United States, man, the gospel has had a greater reach and a greater multiplication than we've ever seen here. Why is that? Because the pressure that God placed was not for their harm, but it was for the gospel's good. And it's the if, if the Christians in Jerusalem had remained comfortable, had remained settled in with their settings, um, maybe the gospel would have just been a slow leak or trickle. But instead, as we see throughout the book of Acts, man, the gospel became a rushing stream the good news of the message of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, man, went forth with great power. You read later in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17 and in verse number 6, and these the gospel is being carried into all the world, and it's made its way into Europe, and it's made its way into the country specifically of Greece, and into a town called Thessalonica. And in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, the Christians who brought the gospel there to that city were referred to by the local people as these who have turned the world upside down. It literally says these who have turned the world upside down have come here. They've come to us um, also. And so, man, we see the persecution. We see that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Stephen's persecution, his stoning, his death. 
doesn't quench the gospel. Man, it propels the gospel into all the world until it became such a mighty force that outsiders referred to believers as those who are turning the world upside down. And they basically have come here to turn our world upside down as well. So what's the application of this passage today? Um, Well, these believers, like us, were called to carry the good news of Jesus to their neighbors first, yes, but also to go go beyond that um, to the next regions. So to be witnesses here, then there, and then everywhere. And so I wonder today, are we obeying Jesus's command to go? First of all, are we going to our neighbors? Are we going to our Jerusalem? Are we sharing our faith with those who are close by us? And if we're not exactly sure how to share our faith, are we bringing other believers into our life uh, that can share their faith with others? Or maybe we're inviting our friends who don't know Jesus into community with other believers, maybe a midweek meal at church, maybe an event or an activity. And But you know what? We're being witnesses, just like Jesus commanded in our Jerusalem, in our local place. Now, how about going beyond that? Because Jesus didn't just say, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria or or the uttermost part of the earth. He said we're supposed to do it in all of these places simultaneously. Well, the only way that's going to happen is if we do it in community, if we do it together. And so we have our local witness right here that's extremely important. But then we have our mid-range, let's think nationally. And then we have our worldwide witness uh, into all the world. So beyond our living on mission locally, how about living on mission with our church personally and supporting the global outreach of our church? So there's opportunities to obey Christ's command right here in our neighborhood. There's opportunities, at least our church fellowship, to join in with mission teams that get sent out to different places to live on mission, to carry that message and to support those who are carrying that message. But then one of the great opportunities alongside of that is that we are able and privileged to give our financial support to get the gospel into all the world as well through the global missions outreach of our local churches. So can we live on mission locally and in the mid-range and globally all at once and simultaneously? Absolutely. And that's what the local church is all about. So others can go, so we can go. So perhaps some current pressure in your life or my life is not a sign of God's displeasure with us or for our harm, but maybe it's simply the hand of God nudging us out into the mission that he intended for us to be living in all along. You see, getting the salt out of the shaker And instead of the gospel being a trickle out of our local churches, it can be a mighty rushing stream when we all take seriously the command of Jesus Christ to go. So the word for today is this. Don't wait till you have to get the gospel out. Do it now because you get to get the gospel out. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.